I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. We only just made it. Into Rome to witness Harrison becoming a saint. <laughs> He's now a saint. The patron saint of gynecologists after today's ceremony as well. <laughs> call that eh? <laughs> yeah we got lots of little uh, teasers before the actual uh, commitment ceremony we had adam still taking absolutely no accountability whatsoever i didn't get heard at all he said about the dinner party i copped the brunt over a silly little drunken kiss and i'm not going anywhere again yeah absolutely he wants to stay on the program and he just can't get it into his head he still thinks he he, he wasn't being unfaithful what's oh. the take adam yeah, Janelle said, "It's talking to Adam is like talking to a barking dog that doesn't shut up. I hear you, Janelle, absolutely. Yeah. There's no change in, there's no change in how he feels. You know, he's he literally go to his grave saying, oh, I didn't cheat and I did nothing wrong. Mm. Melinda is saying, if you cheat, you go. And for Alyssa, it's going to be a deal breaker if he, that's Duncan, gets associated with people whose actions I don't agree with. Yeah, pot kettle black. Well, actually, Duncan is getting involved with someone whose actions you don't agree with, i.e. you. Yeah, well, now there we might have another patron saint of hypocrites. <laughs> and poor old Jesse, he says, my boundaries have been crossed here. Yeah, so he kind of took from that that he's not going to stay. Well, certainly I did. Yeah. We began with Janelle and Adam being forced up on the couch. Now, I have to say, I loved John's reaction. Um, there was a camera shot of John and he looked like he was chunking uh, Yeah. Bit. He looked like he was sucking a wasp. He was dying to get stuck in there. Wait, like, get you lot. And I was rubbing my hands together with glee. (laughs) Big silence. Alessandra kind of got the conversation going and Janelle started. Really, it was more about the fallout from the kiss that hurt. That's it what, was what happened afterwards. Yeah. The fact that Adam wasn't sorry for it. You know, he didn't try to make it up to her in any way. And he was more concentrating on Jesse and his relationship with Jesse. Yeah. John, John didn't beat about the bush. He said to him directly, like, why is it your friendship with Jesse seemed to be more important than your relationship? You are more concerned with sorting things out with Jesse than you were with sorting things out with your partner. Which is true, yeah. And he, his his excuse was that he didn't get time or he didn't get an opportunity to say anything to Janelle, which is a lot of crap. No, well, they they called him out on that. They didn't let him away with that. Lyndall then pipes up. And of course, Lyndall always comes up with something new, doesn't she? She always has uh, a little bit more salacious gossip, although she couldn't seem to think of it two weeks ago. She said that there was flirty comments the whole night. And that he tried to hit on somebody else before he left the bar. Oh, he was hitting on everybody, of course. That was shocking. Yeah, like, I mean, come on, Lyndall, why didn't you tell us this, like, two weeks ago? And she was very sure she was adamant. She was, yeah. yeah. Adamant. Get it? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, John just kept on going. You're not owning this. You're saying the word sorry, but... You just don't own it. You're just not own it at all. Yeah. I, do you know what? I, I, I have an issue with Janelle, though. I don't think Janelle is as hurt as she's letting on. I'm, I'm still saying I think that Janelle was playing a game all along. You know, even when they were hugging her after they both said leave, which obviously they did both say leave. Well, no, I was surprised that as well, because I thought, I thought Adam would actually have the audacity to say stay. Well, look, he, he, he just got up. He said, sorry, guys. He didn't look at her. He'd said nothing to her. He just walked out and nobody walked out after. Him or nobody Do you think he expected he anybody to follow him out? I think he probably would have known him. You know, well, as John said, he talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk. The only walk he did was walking out. Yeah, the, the debate now is whether he'd be on any other reality shows. 
Well, I'd say he will, in fairness, yeah. But you I think so? getting back to Janelle, I mean, when they were hugging Janelle after Adam walked out and everything, girls were hugging her. And she was saying, oh, I'm so relieved and all of this kind of stuff. I didn't buy it. It's just that her actions don't suit her words. She, It's like as if she's acting. She knows what she should say. She knows how she should feel. Mm. And she's really trying to make us kind of believe that that's how she feels. But I don't think that deep down she does feel all that hurt. I think she's probably pissed that she's not staying on the show. Mm. And that's what she's upset about. Yeah, underneath it all, you can see that the gig has been cut short for how much she liked him in the first place. That's very open open to debate. But I think she felt he was a guy that she could work with to have a reality show relationship. Yeah, I think so. Kindred spirits as such. Yeah, anyway, we won't be seeing them again. Done and dusted. Goodbye. Yeah. Will we miss them? No. No, no. We, we always felt they were false Fake. as... As uh, someone who I don't know, we don't know, we don't feel their faults uh, as a relationship is Alyssa and Duncan. Duncan opened up by saying that the relationship was good up until the last couple of days. Yeah, you know, this I'm, I'm concerned about this one because I mean, I look, I made no secret of the fact that I thought Duncan was amazing from the get go. Um, <laughs> and I think we're seeing a little bit more of him. And I think the more I see of him, the more I actually like him because he does seem like an honourable person. Yeah, he doesn't want to get involved in drama. He's willing to hear people out and he's strong enough to say what he believes in. Alyssa, on the other hand, is an absolute drama queen mm. and a hypocrite. I really wanted to like Alyssa. I really wanted to buy into everything she said, you know, in her promo video but I, I, she's just hitting waving so many red flags for me now it's just it's it's nuts well unlike Harrison she could be a real saint and you still wouldn't be buying her because she's with Duncan and you'd be so jealous anyway yeah well that's very true yeah you yeah. know she, she's just not good enough for Duncan uh, end of story <laughs> I mean, there she was crying away. And what? And John said, why are you so upset? Why are you so emotional? And she said she was crying because Duncan was still in contact with Adam. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Bill the Bridge, Alyssa, he's entitled to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And yeah. she has no right to tell him who he can and can't talk to. She can disagree with him and she can feel hurt by the fact that, you know, he's he's not even making a choice. He's not making a choice between the two. Yeah, but it wasn't a real conversation because I certainly was sitting there and I'm sure most viewers were sitting there going are we going to find out about her affair is that going to come out on the couch is Duncan going to say it or by some miracle would she say it okay now if you don't have the knowledge about her having a six month affair you haven't got the full take on the conversation that's exactly it absolutely yeah and I think in fairness I understand her triggers and this is something that triggers her but it's something that triggers her because of something that she has done and she needs to make peace with that and not judge everybody else by her standards (sighs) Yeah, but I mean, even even what you said, like, you know, she doesn't want to be associated with somebody who does that kind of thing or wants to. No, she doesn't want Duncan to associate with somebody who does that kind of thing. But guess what? He is because he's having a relationship with you and you've done that sort of thing. Absolutely. So surely there's some way back. Surely Christianity is, is about some way back. And we're talking about, well, as Adam said, a drunken kiss, a drunken kiss yeah. with Claire. Alyssa had a six month relationship where mm. she got up every morning and decided to go ahead with this affair. Yeah. Despite knowing that he was actually married as opposed to married in a reality TV program. Yeah. Do you have two people sitting on the couch and they're not given full disclosure to the expert? Yeah, I think in fairness, Alyssa needs to start owning her shit. I really do. It's a fake conversation, yeah. essentially, because you're missing the most important bit. Yeah. And then I'm kind of thinking to myself as well, for a couple who supposedly had 
had such a strong relationship all the way through. Well, so far, mm. is this all it took? Is this all it took for her to break down in tears and for them to be this huge speed bump, you know, mm. that they had to get over and all of that? Like, come on. Were they always that strong to begin yeah, with? Yeah, well, to go back to the, the quote that I picked up on from the other time, wasn't it that he's mostly over it? Or what was the phrase? He's, he's nearly over it. Yeah, he's mostly he over it. He wasn't completely yeah. over it. Well, no, in fairness, I think the and fact that he, he stayed hush about her relationship, about her affair, um, and didn't throw her under the bus and didn't embarrass her in front of everybody else. I think that kind of signals that heat number when he's an honourable man and he is over it. He is over it. I take a different view. I, I take a view that if you're hiding a secret like that, if she's forcing him to go on the couch and try and defend himself when he can't say what he wants to say, that leads to a tension within a person and that has to weaken a relationship. That's my view. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, that's my view. Uh, look, they voted to stay. Uh, all seem to be good. And that was, yeah, that was no surprise. Like, I mean, it took like, I mean, a split second for her to turn around and, and grab his hand and, you know, be smiling and gazing into his eyes. It, does it happen that quick in real life? <laughs> no. Not between us anyway. No, no. Uh, we, we moved into the speed couples then. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Yeah, like I mean, the next three or four couples like went, went by in a, in a blur. Like oh, I didn't even get a chance to write down their names, and no. all of a sudden they were given yeah. their decisions and leaving the couch. Absolutely, it was Melinda and Leighton. They said that they had a good streak, the longest streak ever. They've been good for four to five days. Yeah, and they just seem to have that kind of relationship where they will call each other out, and they don't let things lie. And you know, if there is a problem, they call it out, and they talk about it, and they get it out there in the open. They don't ignore it and hope it goes away. Melinda said one of the sweetest things. She said. I can't see my life without Duncan. He needs to be in it. Yeah, even when he goes to pee, she's going, can you pee faster? Does that remind you of anybody here? Linda. Did, did she say that? She did. Oh, I missked that. She bit. did, I yeah. Been writing it down. 100% she did, I was yeah. going to say, that's disgusting. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, yeah, I think they do kind of, they are getting along and they're going from strength to strength. But I don't think, apart from the wedding day, I don't think they've had any test yet. Mm, we haven't really seen it anyway. Ollie and Tani. Again, another couple who haven't had a test yet. They're, Again, they're like two 16-year-olds. Yeah. Um, and they're just getting on so well and they have so much in common that they're just kind of really just enjoying each other's company. And they just seem to be oblivious to what everything else that's going on in the experiment don't they yeah Ollie expressed, expressed it lovely He's, he said uh, it feels great even when they're out and about doing normal sort of mundane things and that's a bit like us the couple who hold hands in a little yeah they want to do it together so yeah. you know and he, he is developing feelings for her it was funny Lyndall said that she called them disgustingly wholesome <laughs> even the couch and Ollie used my favourite Australian term he said he was stoked I think that's a great word he said he was stoked to be where we're at yeah they are a cute couple I mean I do wish them well in fairness we then came to the funniest oh my god well let's say St Harrison will never get a career as an actor don't forget, he was coming from Rome as well. He had a longer flight than us. Oh, that's true, yeah. Well, we put it down to jet lag. He had a bit of jet lag. Apparently, Bronte has endometriosis, uh, which, you know, St. Harrison, the patron saint of gynecologists, has obviously a great understanding of. Now, he did say he's not a woman, so he can't fully understand it. He was very emotional. He was looking at the floor. It was the most perplexing thing I've ever seen. He was trying to cry. He was acting as if he was crying and he was hiding his face so we wouldn't see that he was actually trying to hold in the laughter. Just like everybody else was you know I think the reactions of the rest of the cast were like the rest of participants were like you know <laughs> they were well in fairness <laughs> Freudian were, slip yeah they were varying between 
puzzled and literally trying to hold in fits of laughter because I personally was baffled thinking, is he actually taking the piss? Well, the experts were sarcastic. The experts were baffled as well. Or is he? does he think we're buying this? The experts were majorly baffled. Yeah, the expressions on their faces, they were like, is he for real? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I enjoyed got, that. We got one of the strangest roundups ever. John said, oh, I get the feeling you're not being real with us. And he basically just said, just show us the cards. Yeah. Get on with it. And then it went like in a split second. Harrison went from, you know, being distraught and crying and, you know, oh my God, I just have to get through this as best I can. You know, I have to be strong during this time. I, I mean, I hate seeing Bronte like this. A theory has just come to me. Did he perhaps do it as some sort of defense mechanism he thought a shield that he could put it was a shield that he could put up that if he went on like this they wouldn't start questioning him about his behavior did he think they were going to take him to task on his own no you're crediting him with some intelligence Hugh please Mm. I thought we discussed that he doesn't have any but no I I still think again I'm crediting with too much intelligence thinking that he Uh, was trying to be sarcastic he is a manipulator whatever about intelligence he does try to manipulate people so I look at whatever he was doing he went from being distraught one second to smiling the next second saying he was going to stay and then he was joking when he was like pretending to be puzzled at Bronte's card mm. you know when trying to get us to believe that she'd written um, leave so there was those three completely different conflicting emotions within a third of a second so nobody does that yeah. well no sane person does that no. anyway a great chance to be funny again and bring a bit of humour to the proceedings because we certainly did in the last podcast with this couple <laughs> Evelyn and Rupert what uh, speechless <laughs> I don't even I'm, I kind of feel a little bit like Rupert I don't even have anything to say about these two what is going on there like what is going on with him Mm. I get what he was saying that like he can't fully engage because he doesn't know whether she likes him like she was acting as if she liked him certainly in the bits that we saw he's just coy 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 I think some of it is is just down to his core personality type he's a very shy cautious kind of guy that's the kind of guy he is but I think his life experience has added to this if you're to believe what he says in relationships and it's really I'm not going to make the first move is constantly where he's at now what he needs to realise probably I'm moving to the end of it here because John really summed it up he said I want you to be rolling your sleeves up and take the lead if you're a man in that kind of relationship you need to take the lead I kind of felt a little bit maternal towards Rupert um, at times during the interview and you know I did feel like his mother a mother of a five year old boy saying (laughs) use your words son come on it's okay darling use your words yeah and that's not a good feeling for Evelyn to have that's not going to get the romance going no I agree with you and you know and she had to kind of spell it out then she says yes I do fancy you like I do kind of I am sexually attracted to you so look it'll be interesting what he does with that information now yeah yeah well look John has been blunt grow a pair Rupert they've been blunt uh, with them Um, I know we've kind of accused them of not giving advice but maybe he could have gone into more detail but he gave it to him anyway he did give it to him and I think he was was honest in what he said and he Mm. does need to roll up his sleeves and take the lead well if not even the lead he needs to meet your 50% yeah he does he needs to meet her halfway it would seem from the previews that they won't be going off to meet the families next week they'll be doing some of the the basic tasks they'll be back to confessions week and they'll be doing the photo task that's going to be and that's as it should be yeah yeah well that's how it should be yeah you can't expect them to jump to the the third level as it were Uh, we are starting to see a lot more about Sandy and Dan's relationship the lid is starting to come off 
I have been talking constantly about friendship with those two. And I had a good feeling that there was a friendship there and quite a strong friendship there. But I couldn't see an awful lot more. Was I right? Oh, you know, Hugh, I'm wondering if there is even a strong oh, friendship there. Okay. Again, they're just kind of a bit of an enigma. When they sat on the couch, their body language, he had his arm around her. They were sitting fairly close. And at first I was kind of thinking, OK, well, they seem to get on well. And, you know, this is another Sandy and Dan yeah, mm-hmm. communicating well and mature relationship and they're both going to right stay and it's a foregone conclusion. But then when I kind of looked at Sandy's face, she did seem to have something on her mind. So Dan admitted that they'd had a bumpy ride. Yeah. And Sandy then said sometimes she feels like she's not there or he's not there. Who goes out jogging for six hours? Yeah, it's a long time. And I think, you know, you're meant to be in an experiment. You need to make changes to your routine. You need to be spending time with somebody to get to know them. The whole point of this experiment, and that's what it was constantly put as for the last 10 seasons, is that you're accelerating the natural course of a relationship. I think Dan has checked out of that relationship. And I think that something else happened that we're not hearing about. Maybe he has an issue with her stance in relation to the whole Adam and Claire thing. I don't know. There's something else happening. But as I said, well, Alessandra brought up about the intimacy, didn't she? Yeah. And he said, Dan admits that right now he doesn't feel any sexual attraction towards Sandy. She, well, he yeah, he qualified it by saying right now. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wondered, was it ever there? Well, he feels it need to build. I think that it probably was there. But, mm. you know, given her boundaries, the boundaries that she was very honest about from the get go, I don't think he is as patient as he thought he could be. So, you know, in fairness, every every relationship needs to grow and there needs to be some level of it, intimacy. And they're, they're adults, you know, they're grown men and women. If they're sleeping in the same bed, if there is an attraction there, you would expect to go from first base to second base to third base. So they've been sleeping in the same bed for a month now and he now knows that there's nothing going to happen between them until they get married married we started out saying this couple have great communication wrongly as it turned out because he said I feel like I can't go past a certain spot I feel like she won't be happy and she said no whatever gave you that idea so they're not talking about this they're clearly not communicating about this well you know she said she's trying to kiss and cuddle him I think that his reason for not kissing and cuddling her is again there might be some sexual frustration there might be some sexual tension and he's not saying he's at this stage at this stage a month in saying oh do you know what I actually couldn't even be bothered going there because you know we get to a certain point and then there's just nothing and I can't keep doing that all the time I'm only teasing myself is that what you said he's a red blooded male he's only teasing himself yeah yeah All right. in fairness yeah well they could have said that on the couch and made it more simple I don't know maybe it's because it's going out too early in Australia well maybe yeah he thought it was disrespectful to say that about her but I'm looking I'm just reading between the lines you know I just I'm wondering what went so drastically wrong between the two of them. I'm wondering why he doesn't want to be spending time with her all of a sudden. And again, I'm wondering, I mean, at the dinner parties, they were hugging each other and they seemed to be very close, you know. Yeah, like, I had a good opinion of them, especially after the wedding. The one that Claire and, and Jesse were asked and where uh, Claire told Jesse about the kiss and all that. We saw a lovely tender scene uh, with the two of them uh, just giving each other support at the table. Sandy and Dan, do you remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm wondering if yeah. there's something that we didn't see. We had that email there during the week, Hugh, where one of our listeners queried Sandy and Dan and asked us what we actually thought about them. Mm. And basically he said that he felt that they were fake. And that really surprised us when we read it and we were thinking, oh God, what's he seeing that, that we're not seeing? Yeah. You yeah. know, so like it would be interesting to, to get your guys' opinion 
opinions on that again give us some more emails in and let us know what you think went wrong between the two of them yeah we we just watch the show and we tell you guys how we feel and how we think about it sometimes the two of us agree sometimes we don't but we give you our honest opinion I think barrels. you can often see that we don't agree yeah well, we definitely have differences of opinion there are moments of contention <laughs> Moments of I thought you were going to say moments of contentment. <laughs> we have them as well. Oh, we I'd like to say it's, it's more of those in the yeah, contentious moments. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Uh, email us, guys. Email us. Ask us. Make your points. Uh, we, we'd love to share them with other listeners. Taylor and Hugo. Oh, God. What? Again, like, I, Taylor, seriously, what is she like? She's like a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> She's like, uh, she just has no, she just doesn't appear to have any interest in him at all. Did you notice that he's still sleeping on the couch? There were pillows and sheets on the couch behind him before they went into the commitment ceremony. Let's deal with that one. Let's absolutely deal with that one. Not so much the issue, but the fact that the experts weren't touching that issue. They didn't address it at all. But then again, the experts technically didn't know about it because neither Taylor nor Hugo brought it up at the commitment ceremony. Well, there we have it. We have it twice now, at least we have a clear case where a couple just aren't bringing their shit to the couch. And that is very big shit. Hugo really should have gone and been outright and said, hang on for a second, how is this supposed to progress when I've been relegated to the couch? And apparently that's where I'm going to stay for the next 10 weeks. Who signs up to do an experiment knowing they're going to sleep on a bloody couch for 10 weeks? Yeah. And they had all the the pillows and the sheets and everything there, the extra pillows and sheets there. So like it was obviously expected. I can only think of one couple going back a few seasons in the UK one, maybe two seasons in the UK one uh again listeners will uh email me with the couple's name i can see their faces but i just can't think of their names but the point was that within i think two weeks of them coming back from the honeymoon she had an affair or certainly strong feelings for that's right that was a blonde girl yeah absolutely and Uh, he went on to do a podcast he did i can see his face right in front of me can't think of his name i should remember podcasters names they're really important people but anyway um you know that relationship was a joke uh they didn't get on on the honeymoon as well as i remember he was funny that joking around she was just sitting there bored embarrassed I would it's, say it's bad it's really bad uh, and she brought up, she brought up about the, the, the again we're getting little tells here she brought up about the kind of guy that she does like being a typical tradie was one of the things she said and there was a big shot of Cameron with one of the biggest smiles we've ever seen on his face that's right absolutely and she wanted a, a footballer and somebody who was sporty she did say though she was trying to look on the bright side and she did say that she's starting to laugh at his jokes but I, way I to go know. Taylor yeah I mean thanks for that just not buying it oh yeah remember she was asked um, was she attracted to him yeah and she took forever yeah but well, she was shaking her head yeah yeah. yeah. so like, I mean she didn't actually come out and say it but again Hugo knew exactly what she meant and he said well you know I think that is an answer I think you got your answer there I don't think Hugo had an opportunity to, to say what he felt or maybe he did have the opportunity and he just chose not to maybe he's afraid to rock the boat mm. but I think with Taylor Hugo you have to rock the boat you have to call her out and if you call her Right, she's going to have so much more respect for you. The ship has sailed. I said it in the last podcast. It, it pains me to say it. it like, I think it, the ship has sailed. I don't think there's a way back. The ship sailed the moment he said he was going to sleep on the sofa. He needed to man up, lie on the bed and say, this is my side of the bed. I will stay on it. You can stay on yours. I don't care. Or you can sleep on the sofa if you don't want to share a bed with me. But 
I am staying on this bed. Yeah, look, at, I still have hope that, you know, eventually Hugo's balls will drop. But I think <laughs> until that happens, you know, we're, we're, again, we're just going to see the Taylor show. I'm a firm believer in their looks when they appear on these things and how their hair is cut and what sort of dresses the ladies wear and what sort of makeup and lipstick they have on and all of that. How they present themselves, yeah. Ah, exactly. Their presentation on screen is often a good indication of how they're going to be. And he looked very geeky and boyish. And she looked like her will of the vill. Yeah. In that, like, you know, she's like the wicked stepmother in Snow White in that dress. Speaking of Lindell and Cam, uh, they were next up. Alessandra started by saying your body language is quite telling. Yeah, again, Lindell was sniggering or sniffling as soon as she sat on the couch. And I mean, it looked like, you know, it was the end of the world. And they were sitting 10 miles apart, um, which was something completely we weren't expected from Cam and Lynn. We, we knew that he was in the doghouse. He'd said that at the, at the dinner party. We didn't know why. It, either it was a bad edit or the experts didn't ask the right question because I was left scratching my head for a good percentage of their interaction on the sofa. They seemed to be on a video call and the mother said, Lyndall's mother said to Cam, give her a hug and he wouldn't give her a hug. And I had some sympathy in that at moments in my life, now I would be a fairly tactile person, correct, Linda? You'd be a very tactile person. I'd be a very tactile person. But in some moments, I don't feel that comfortable giving somebody a hug. I, I feel awkward in sort of more formal, sort of settings that's the way I am so my question again and again and again while they were talking was is this something he does just then or is this something he does all the time and it was only at the end of the conversation we got an indication and only a small indication that this is a constant problem that he's not affectionate and tactile and that they presented themselves in the past they presented themselves as a very tactile couple a very mm. loving um, tactile couple and you know they were always very close and they were always kind of touching each other you know there was always kind of a hand on the knee a hug arm around the shoulder um and so it was it's surprising then that it comes across that cam isn't tactile or maybe he's just not tactile enough for lindell but just taking you up on what you said Hugh, Mm. that you are a tactile person absolutely but there were times that you wouldn't have felt comfortable given a hug in a social situation yeah honestly hand in my heart i have never felt that with you never so again i'm kind of thinking you know did he feel like that because he actually wasn't that into the person he was with and no disrespect to any of your former partners that's not what I mean but I just I think when you said that that really took me by surprise because I can't imagine you being like that thinking about it you know something I, I put my hand to my heart and say this it wouldn't be so much hugging the person I was with it'd be hugging something somebody else Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. I'm very tactile with the person that I'm with. Extremely tactile. But, you know, with somebody else, an acquaintance um, or somebody that I know professionally or something like that, I'd be like, don't come into my space. Mm. You know, so I I can be two different people with people I know very well and people that I'm not that familiar with. The question it also raises was that can people change? Can people become more tactile? Or are you just born with a certain percentage tactileness or whatever the phrase tactility? is tactility tactility <laughs> all right tactility you know we i have a theory you can vary if the scale is from naught to 100 that you maybe can go up or down 
20, right? I think if you're not tactile, if you're naturally not tactile, it's very hard for you to become tactile. Yeah. I think you're just faking it for the other person. Well, you can become a little more or a little less. Can you become a little less? (laughs) Again, yeah, that's the thing. Well, a lot of people live with less tactility than they like. That's it. A lot of people will live with less tactility than they like. But there's very few people can live with more tactility than they're comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you. I think the person would be uncomfortable uh, when the other person would be holding their hand or giving them a hug. And I think the hugger would sense that and would back off. Yeah, yeah. But I think the person who actually doesn't want to be hugged, it would really get on my nerves if I didn't want somebody touching me and they kept touching me. It would Mm. really, really irritate me. Like, stop touching me. Stop it. Get away from me. You know, I'd feel claustrophobic. I don't know how couples do it. Some couples can live. I know some couples Let's throw that out to to, to our listeners as well. It'd be really good to, to see how you feel. I suppose the question is are you living with a hugger are you living with a non-hugger would you like to live with a hugger and how does it feel (laughs) yes but it's a it's a real core issue and i think they got into the whole thing about his excuse about his excuse was oh i was i was just caught i was a rabbit caught in headlights because it was just at that moment i felt uncomfortable and john said nah go away out of that but they didn't kind of move on it was just like show more affection he said and that was it and it seemed like he was actually being deliberately confrontational with lindell's mother so Lyndon is obviously very, very close to her family considering her history, mm. you know, and the fact that she has CF and she has that support network and she's relied very heavily on that support network. Yeah. And we saw that her parents are quite protective of her. We saw that from the very beginning um, when they were interviewing her parents. Um, so I think it's a real kick in the face then for Cam to be confrontational with her mother. When her mother is being protective over it and saying, oh, look, just give her a hug. She obviously needs a hug. Give her a hug. And Cam's sitting there going, no. Mm. I can I can buy that. Yeah. I can buy that. I think my mum would be upset if you said that to my mum. No, I'm not giving her a hug. And, you know, my mum couldn't be with me. And, you know, I I, I think and she knew that I needed the oh, hug. Oh, yeah. Be upset with you that think? was a possibility. That was kind of a hug on her behalf. Yeah, it's. And she was probably, yeah, I, I'm getting it now. I'm, so I'm, can, I'm getting more of a picture now. Yeah, I can see why Lyndall would be upset. I think she was more like literally embarrassed that then or hurt that her parents would think less of Cam as well. That he, he, he gave a bad account of himself and maybe it wasn't a realistic account. She was likely saying to her parents, oh, you know, we're getting on so well. And, you know, he we're, we're very tactile and he's there for me. And I really feel that he's supportive. And then all of a sudden they're on a video call and he's completely the opposite. Yeah. You know, and she's probably worried that they're worried about her now. I just think I would have loved the experts to be going through some of the content of the conversation we've just had now. I would have loved to hear it on the couch how they felt couples who have an issue with a partner being tactile or non-tactile, how they could deal with that and how they could improve things. Because just in my life, I know lots. Yeah, absolutely. People have an opinion on it. I'm not saying people are going to break up over it. or I'm sure some people do or some people don't get together because of it. But lots of couples I know would mention it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. In, in, in my experience as well, look, at I just I I, I think it, it's definitely sown a seed of doubt in my mind in relation to Lyndon and Cameron. And I really hope that they can talk about this and, and they can get over it. Yeah. And Cam can sort out whatever issue that he has. Absolutely. Now, Claire and Jesse. John opened up the conversation. He asked Claire directly, what motivated you at this point in time to tell Jesse about the kiss? 
Yeah, and Claire, I think, was very honest, and she admitted that it was when Jesse said on the on the couch that he was developing romantic feelings for her. Yeah, the previous week, and she felt then that she was keeping him at arm's length. And I think she was. My theory is that she was keeping him at arm's length at that stage because she felt so guilty about what she'd done that it was really starting to eat, and she couldn't reciprocate because she felt she'd be a hypocrite if she did. Yeah, she didn't want the relationship to develop more at that stage and and do her bit, as you say, rightly say, because it was it, based on. It, on it a just, lie that she had told yeah. and it could come down crashing at any time oh. because of that lie if if it suited Adam to divulge it it would have been right out in the open he wouldn't have hung around he wouldn't have cared about anybody else he still does if it suited him but oh, it yeah. suited him to keep quiet yeah. so that's why he was texting Claire all through the week and telling her to keep it quiet mm-hmm. um, and I can imagine the pressure that Claire kind oh. of felt under because of that but you know she did the right thing in the end she came clean there's absolutely no sense in trying to build a relationship on a very very shaky foundation mm. and that to me constituted a very very shaky foundation so I think she wanted to get it out there in the open and you know deal with the consequences and see if they could build something on you know on, on level on level ground then but can I just say that you were talking about how people present themselves earlier on in the podcast and look at how Claire presented herself she wore you know a lime green dress right. she had diamond earrings she certainly wasn't any shrinking violet no she wasn't this time was I think nothing in, in about previous it. time though in previous in the in the the previous dinner party and in previous uh episodes she was kind of dressed down to some extent i noticed this time she certainly wasn't she looked like she was not quite dressed for battle but she was certainly dressed for being in business yeah that confused me it confused me because i would have expected her image to be more demure because again she was on the couch she was wanted to show that she was vulnerable she was apologizing and yet she came out as if she was like hey look at me it just confused me and it's just again an observation perhaps now she felt that she'd taken the sackcloth and ashes at the the dinner party and you know there was enough guff out of Adam and she wasn't going to take much more yeah well she confronted um, Alyssa even before they got onto the couch and said you don't even look at me yeah you know so fair play to her it's about time she kind of started calling people out well I tell you there's going to be some fun and games when Alyssa's secret comes out because I'm damn sure it will at some point oh I'd say that's going to it's going to rock the entire group yeah that's going to roll on for a while I think we're being set up for that one at some stage it was uh, very touching though she said sorry though to Jesse. I'd say on at least four occasions Oh, at least, yeah. And that was without the amount of time that she said it previously and the amount of time she said it at the dinner party. Mm. And then she wrote the letter apologising, etc. You know, are you surprised that she said stay? I think she's been true to herself in the way she sees it. I actually liked what she said. She said leaving would be like, I said, I said my truth and I'm just saying bye. Up, gone and bye. Yeah, good and luck. That you would deal be, with it now. Yeah, it, and that just wasn't what she, what she was going to do. She was going to speak her truth and then she was going to deal with the consequences. Well, that's it. She was going to walk the walk. She's talked to talk and now she wants an opportunity to walk the walk and, you know, try and prove to Jesse that he is worthy and that she does have feelings for him and they can make something out of this. And genuinely... What she did was a mistake. And I'm not, look, it's not for me to to forgive or to, to make any comment on on how Jesse feels and negate his feelings or anything like that. But I think that Claire was being responsible. Can we just to some extent quantify it though? They're young, attractive people. They're on a TV show. They are to some extent on a holiday, right? They're away from their normal work environments and their normal living arrangements, okay? And they're away. The reality is they do only know each other a number of weeks, okay? Yeah. And they've had a few drinks. 
and it was pretty much a drunken kiss. It's not the biggest thing in the world. What has been revealed, though, as has been said before, particularly by Janelle, is the way people have reacted to it and the way people have shown their true character, particularly Adam. Yeah, there's no getting away from the fact that Adam, like, you know, I think somebody said once a cheater, always a cheater. I think considering that, what I've just said, and I'll stand over what I've just said and my qualification of it all. Considering that, she's taken a huge amount of heat over it and she's shown massive contrition eloquent contrition and genuine remorse for what's happened and she's willing to roll up her sleeves and try and make something of this now you can question her motives if you want whether she just wants to be on a TV show and if it was in the real world whether she'd continue on but it is a TV show well so do you think then the converse of that do you think that Jesse's overreacting to it then we've accused Jesse of overreacting in the past yeah I think you have to put you can't you can't leave out of the equation either Either, the way Jesse was going on at the time. He was being obnoxious. Too clear. Absolutely, he was. Roll yeah, back was. our episodes. We were talking about him, that he shouldn't be on the show. That it was wrong to be on the show. That he was damaged and he needed counselling. Absolutely, yeah. And the way were, he was treating Claire was you horrible. Were, you had made the point a number of times, Linda, that, that he was damaging her. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you have to put all of that. Now, that's not an excuse but it's context. Yeah, you're right. It is context. And we need to we need to take context into consideration. Um, and it's very, very easy just to kind of take a segment of time and comment on that without yeah. without talking about what had happened in the past and the lead up to things. Uh, and yeah, it is not an excuse. And I, I suppose though, being unfaithful does make a mockery of the whole experiment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You the feel like, you admit, feel like you're a fool. You're committing to that person. You are signing on the dotted line. You're committing to that person for 10 weeks anyway. It's 10 weeks out of your life mm. to give this person oh. Okay. 100%. Okay. And you're signing up for it. You're choosing to do that. Really what she should have done was she should have left. She should have wrote leave. She should have wrote leave a long time so? before then. Yeah. I think she should have wrote leave before it got to a stage where she was actually going off with somebody else. Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. honestly. I do. I would have. I wouldn't have given it the time of day. I would have probably left, wrote leave after the honeymoon. <laughs> So yeah. we would never have gone okay. to the stage where I was seeking solace with somebody else. Right. I don't know if she was going to that extent, though. I, I don't know if it was that deep for her at the time. I just think with a few drinks, those sort of things, all of those thoughts don't happen. It's just a little more momentary. Yeah, like, but I, you know. I suppose, again, you have to take into consideration her actions afterwards. She didn't go home and tell Jesse that night. Jesse, there's something I need yes. to tell you something Oh, about. yeah. Well, no, I'm with you on all of that. I'm with you on all of that. And that's what, in fairness to John, and we did get a good insight into to what the experts normally do I presume on the day to day living when they're dealing with couples who've had affairs in that he got Jesse to tell exactly how he, it made him feel and what vulnerabilities and what previous life incidents have brought up for him um, and that was hard for Claire to hear it was hard for Claire to hear. And, I, you know, again, it redoubled her, her remorsefulness. But again, you know, you were talking about and, and the experts were talking about and Janelle brought up the actions following the act. So it wasn't yeah. necessarily the act that even Janelle had an issue with. It yeah. was Adam's actions afterwards. And I have to say the same about Claire. She kept it to herself for a week. She saw Jesse being gaslit. She saw Jesse being demeaned and humiliated and being accused of overreacting and she sat by and let this happen <sighs> again you know I would like to think that I would have been the sort of person who kind of turned around to Adam when he was when he was giving loads to Jesse on the couch 
coach and saying, you know, he has issues. Again, that's when Claire should have stood up. If she didn't already tell Jesse when she came home that night, she should have stood up and said, hang on here for a second, Adam. No, no, I'm not going to let this happen. Mm. You know, you can't afford to open your mouth because, come on, let's get it out there in the open. We did kiss. Right. And see and, and see where it would have went from there. Yeah. I just don't think I would have been able <sighs> to sit by and watch somebody who I knew that I'd already hurt. Yeah. Been hurt even more. Oh, okay. You know, I don't know. The jury's out on a few. Um, I, I, was John right to give them another week? Well, that's that's the thing. Uh, I, I I felt, we, well, when Jesse said, he kind of said to Jesse, how do you feel? And Jesse said, I'm just a bit grumpy. He said he just didn't have the same steam. Uh, and he was exhausted. John, um, I think they think this is an interesting one. And this is one that could be explored and could we could see how it goes. Yeah, they obviously see potential in it. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose before the kiss, I saw potential too. And I think I've seen potential in how they're both dealing with it. I get it that Jesse doesn't have the energy to carry on with it anymore. I get it. He's exhausted from the whole thing. Something strikes me. Is the piece where we see them dividing off and having a conversation with each other about whether they leave or stay, is that completely gone out of the show now? I think so, yeah. There doesn't... Where the men go off together and the women go off together. Is that gone? Or maybe it's the fact that there's still so many couples in it that they just don't have time to get it all in here. Yeah, that seems to be dropped now. And then people are very quick, so... Some of the couples, as we discussed, are very quick on the couch. They're, you know, they're not even warm in their seats. And then the couples that aren't going so well, there's nothing really improving. Yeah. Really and truly, there's nothing even improving. Again, I'm with Bronte and Harrison. That's like a car crash. You know, you shouldn't look, but you can't tear your eyes away. Isn't it interesting, though? Pretty much the fake ones are falling asunder. Well, are Bronte and Harrison falling asunder? Ah, yeah. Well, they're falling asunder in, in regards to being important, I think. I think they're just in for entertainment value. Well, certainly Harrison, you know, every week I'm kind of looking at it going, oh my God, what's going to do this week? Any little predictions now for next week, Linda? Based on hunches or the little previews we well, saw. Well, listen, we saw we saw some previews. Um, I think next week again is going to be an interesting one. I don't know who made that butt dial. <laughs> like, is that a Rupert, oh. a Rupert and um, Evelyn situation, or I don't know. Ah, uh, they've left it. Look, they, they, they leave these things. It'll. It'll turn out to be something. Yes, look, it suffice to say that I can't wait to see it again tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we're dying to see it, but don't get too excited at the same time. Yeah, but I will, Hugh. (laughs) Seriously, that's what I do. (laughs) We'll be there. Uh, We hope you'll be with us uh, for the next podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this one. Uh, If you want to email us about anything at all, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, let us know your thoughts. It's really nice to get emails, so just let us know your thoughts. And give us your comments on the podcast. Anything you'd like to see us doing, anything you'd like to see us including, anything you don't want to see us doing. Indicastreality at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, as Linda has just said. So until then, take care, everyone. Keep watching maps, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Before you go, just a quick request. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on indicastreality at gmail.com. Indicastreality at gmail.com. <laughs>